0: Like, the aesthetic and just the, like, event horizon really got to me, which I would highly recommend that. Yeah, I that's kind of on my list, too. Just, like, movies I know are classics and I know are worth my time. It's just... That's kind of what I've been doing this whole year is watching movies that everyone references and I haven't seen. Like, we're going to watch Con Air at some point and Face Off. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely seen parts of Con Air. I've also definitely seen parts of Face Off. Yeah, so... And I want to watch the uh, Nicolas Cage Wicker Man, because I've seen the original, and it was um, weird in that 70s kind of way, 60s, 70s kind of way, but I I know the Nick Cage one is just going to be, like, fucking nuts. Chaos. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That has absolutely nothing to do with the mini, as per usual. Welcome to Afternoonified. I also forgot we were doing a mini. I was like, okay, ready, cold, open. Got it ready to go. Here's my notes, and I'm not doing this episode. Yes. um it's Emily's episode. I have a three and a half page Grimm's fairy tale that I have not read. Delightful. I Oh, so fun. It'll be a surprise to us both. Yeah, I picked it solely based on the name. Um, although I'm seeing one called Gambling Hansel now, and that sounds like a thing. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Put that down for a next <laughs> the mini. The Hansel series, because there's many stories about him. I think that there was just <laughs> one name. I don't know if it's the same Hansel. I mean, I assume it's like a John or something, or a similar thing. I, I don't think I have my next episode planned, and um, I'm going to call it now, so I can't back out, but I'm going to do a biography of the Grimm brothers, and maybe I'll watch Brothers Grimm. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right, because you've never seen it, even though it's exactly. aggressively an um, Emily movie. It's one of those that I make jokes about all the time, but I've never seen. This one's called The Mother Hole? The what? Are you just reading I was flipping through. Of- it looked like it was called the Motherhole, but it's H-O-L-L-E, so I'm not sure how that's pronounced. Holly? Yeah. Hall. Yeah, I'm not German. I don't, can ask my, my co-workers who speak fluent German, but that's going to be a weird email. Alright, I- it's in the calendar now, Grim Bros. <laughs> it's actually just going to be like a book report on the film. Like the opposite of the Haunted Mansion, where I just... <laughs> you know what? I would also <laughs> accept that. That sounds great. I I do hope you include a synopsis of the movie, because I, I remember going to see it in theaters, but I have not, like, watched it since then. And I would love to see if I even remember what that one is about. I went about. through a phase, and I think I'm coming out of it, because I've been watching a lot of old movies where a lot of the people are dead anyways, but um, where I couldn't really watch Heath Ledger movies, because it made me sad. Like, I'm still kind of in that with uh, Anton Yelchin movies. Fair. Like, Odd Thomas slaps, but I can't do it. Yeah. I can't watch *Fright Night* again for that reason. Oh God, and it's so good it too. To be sad. Probably going to cut all that stuff about Rooney and the Princess Diaries, but I. <laughs> but definitely leave the uh, line in where you're informing the audience that we have spent the last ten minutes talking about Rooney and well, the yeah, Princess Diaries. Yeah, yeah. You Diaries. have to keep the audience guessing. What were our thoughts? You'll never know. I've definitely made I my find a place down. Um, to hold this book because I'm reading from a physical book. It looks like a goddamn Bible. Which at this point, <laughs> I haven't done my fairy tale voice in a long time. I missed your fairy tale voice. Oh, and should we reiterate just in case you cut it? This is a Grimm's oh, brothers. yes, this is Emily's fairy tale theater. Grim, Grimbo's, Starring Heath Ledger as the gnome. <laughs> all right. There was once upon a time a rich king who had three daughters who daily went to walk in the palace garden, and the king was a great lover of all kinds of fine trees. But there was one for which he had such an affection that if anyone gathered an apple from it, he wished him a hundred fathoms underground. That's really intense to start the story with. Also, a lot of fruit picking in these. (laughs) Dude loves that tree. And when harvest time came, the apples on this tree were all as red as blood. The three daughters went every day beneath the tree and looked to see if the wind had not blown down an apple. But they never by any chance found one, and the tree was so loaded with them that it was almost breaking and the branches hung to the ground. Then the king's youngest child had a great desire for an apple and said to her sisters, Our father loves us far too much to wish us underground. It is my belief that he would only do that to people who were strangers. Bitch, I have some news for you about dads. Does she think, I was going to say, does she think he means it literally? I mean, it's entirely possible. I mean, he could. I'm, it is a fairy tale. But also, is this a retelling of, like, Eve and the apple In the Garden of Eden. Very, um, very unsubtle allegory. Uh, And while she was speaking, the child plucked off quite a large apple and ran to her sisters, saying, Just taste, my dear little sisters, for never in my life have I tasted anything so delightful. Then the two other sisters also ate some of the apple, after which all three sank deep down into the earth, where they could hear no cock crow. Oh, Jesus. He did mean it, literally. Did I not warn you? When midday came, the king wished to call them to come to dinner, but they were nowhere to be found. He sought them everywhere in the palace and garden, but could not find them. Then he was much troubled and made known to the whole land that whoever brought his daughters back again should have one of them to wed. That's not how that works, sir. <sighs> Always with the marrying. Like, can you just give people money? I feel like monetary rewards are a thing. <laughs> or just like a hearty handshake. All right. You're king. Give them land and a title. I mean, technically, he is. Yeah, Who's, fair. Can you not play with your tissue paper right now? Okay, that's a no. I, I guess if you guys hear Straight if you guys jail. hear crinkling in the background, it's because my cat's favorite toy is a piece of tissue paper. Suku's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I found a fresh pack of tissue paper in the closet, so she's gonna be in tissue uh, for a long time. A queen's bounty. Uh, all right. Uh, have one of them Hereupon, so many young men went about the country and searched that there was no counting them, for everyone loved the three children because they were so kind to all and so fair of face. Love that we have to refer to them as children while also uh, talking about um, how you're going to marry them off. Three young hunters also went out, and when they had traveled for eight days, they arrived at a great castle in which were beautiful apartments. And in one room, a table was laid on which were delicate dishes, which were still so warm that they were smoking. They should not be smoking. They should be steaming. Steaming lightly, yes. But in the whole of the castle, no human being was either to be seen or heard. They waited there for half a day, and the food still remained warm and smoking. And at length, they were so hungry that they sat down and ate and agreed with each other that they would stay and live in that castle, and that one of them who should be chosen by casting lots, should remain in the house, and the other two seek the king's daughters. They cast lots, and the lot fell on the eldest. So the next day, the two younger went to seek, and the eldest had to stay home. Oh no, he has to stay home in the beautiful castle with all of the food. Oh, rats. Instead of looking for a teenage girl. <sighs> That's rough. I don't know what that word means. Hold on. <laughs> when I say it, it's going to sound like another word, so I want to be able to explain it when I get to it. No, okay. I cannot wait to hear what this word is. At midday came a small, small mannequin and begged for a piece of bread. Then the hunter took the bread, which he had found there, and cut a round off of the loaf and was about to give it to him. But while he was giving it to the mannequin, the latter let it fall and asked the hunter to be so good as to give him that piece again. A mannequin is a very small person, and it's spelled M-A-N-I-K-I-N. Oh, I thought it was just mannequin. Like, the... Chopping google did think i was a fucking idiot and showed me pictures of mannequins like people like they put clothes on the hunter was about to do so and stooped on which the mannequin took a stick seized him by the hair and gave him a good beating i feel like we veered very far from the original story here right (laughs) we're gonna like we're gonna get to the end and be like and the princess has never returned the end this is like a fucking tarantino movie Uh, Next day, the second stayed home, and he fared no better. When the two others returned in the evening, the eldest said, Well, how have you got on? Oh, very badly, said he, and then he lamented their misfortune together, but they said nothing about it to the youngest. This (laughs) is such older sibling energy. (laughs) That would, as the youngest sibling of three, that would absolutely happen. For they did not like him at all, and they always called him Stupid Hans, because he did not exactly belong to the forest. Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) stupid Hans. That's such big brother energy. I bet the middle brother was just doing it to to watch the world burn. (laughs) Oh, yeah. On the third day, the youngest stayed home, and again the little mannequin came and begged for a piece of bread. When the youth gave it to him, he let it fall as before and asked him to be so good as to give him that piece again. Then said Hans to the little mannequin, What, can you not pick up that piece yourself? If you will not take as much trouble as that for your daily bread, you do not deserve to have it. This is real Youngest Child energy, too. Oh, yep. Sorry. (laughs) No, can confirm. (laughs) Then the mannequin grew very angry and said he was to do it, but the hunter would not, and took... What the... Jesus Christ. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Then the mannequin grew very angry and said he was to do it, but the hunter would not, and took my dear mannequin and gave him a thorough beating. (laughs) Jesus. Why is there so much just beating and beating, fruit beating, stealing in general? Um, then the mannequin screamed terribly and cried, stop, stop, and let me go, and I will tell you where the king's daughters are. Oh, there they are. Okay. Oh, oh, we're back to the beginning. When Hans heard that, he left off beating him, and the mannequin told him that he was a gnome, and that there were more than a thousand like him, and that if he would go with him, he would show him where the king's daughters were. Then he showed him a deep well, but there was no water in it. And the little man said he knew well that the companions Hans had with him did not intend to deal honorably with him. Therefore, if he wished to deliver the king's children, he must do it alone. Actually, it never said that these guys were brothers, but I just said they were three woodsmen. Or young hunters. Sorry, Um, fair hunters. I just assumed they were brothers, because, yeah. (laughs) When you start talking about, like, oldest and youngest, you just kind of assume... Also, I like it better if they're brothers, so we're going to make that edit. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Next sentence. The two other brothers would also be very glad to recover the king's daughters, but they did not want to have any trouble or danger. Hans was therefore to take a large basket, and he must seat himself in it with his knife and a bell and be let down. Below there were three rooms, and in each of them was a princess with a many headed dragon whose heads she was to comb and trim, but he must cut them off. And having said all this, the mannequin vanished. Damn. Some Chronicles and Darnia shit. All right. <laughs> when it was evening, the two brothers came and asked how he got on, and he said, pretty well so far, and that he had seen no one except at midday when a little manikin had come and begged for a piece of bread, and that he'd given some to him, but the manikin had let it fall and had asked him to pick it up again. But as he did not choose to do that, the little manikin began to lose his temper, and that he had done what he ought not and given the manikin a beating, after which he had told him where the king's daughters were. Then the two were so angry at this that they grew green and yellow. Is that a like a figure of speech? I'm assuming that's a figure of speech. Yeah, I would hope so. Otherwise, there's something deeply wrong with them. They might want to go to a gnome doctor. <laughs> uh, next morning, they went to the well together and drew lots. Who should fart first? Wow, <laughs> should fart. <laughs> <laughs> this is taking a very weird turn. <sighs> oh, what a weird energy we have tonight. <laughs> Next morning, they went to the well together and drew lots who should first seat himself in the basket. And again, the lot fell on the eldest and he went to seat himself in and took the bell with him. Then he said, if I ring, you must draw me up immediately again. When he had gone down for a short distance, he rang and they at once drew him up again. Then the second seated himself in the basket, but he did just the same as the first And then it was the turn of the youngest, but he let himself be lowered quite to the bottom. When he had got out of the basket, he took his knife and went and stood outside the first door and listened and heard the dragon snoring loudly. He opened the door slowly, and one of the princesses was sitting there and had nine dragon's heads lying upon her lap and was combing them. Uh, big princess, little dragons? That's a lot of dragons. They gotta be like little itty-bitty dragons, right? I would assume it's not a giant princess. (laughs) Uh, then he took his knife and hewed at them, and the nine fell off. The princess sprang up, threw her arms around his neck, and embraced and kissed him repeatedly and took her... I'm going to say that's pronounced stomacher, Stomacher. Stomacher? Yeah. That sounds right. Uh, which was made of pure gold and... I know. I, I've, like, read the word before. Never it is to say a it. thing. It's a piece of medieval clothing. Um, Which was made of pure gold yeah. and hung it around his neck. Then he went to the second princess, who had a dragon with five heads to comb, and delivered her also... And to the youngest, who had a dragon with four heads, he went likewise. And they all rejoiced and embraced him and kissed him without stopping. Then he rang very loud so that those above heard him, and he placed the princesses one after the other in the basket and had them all drawn up. But When it came to his own turn, he remembered the words of the mannequin, who had told him that his comrades did not mean well by him. So he took a great stone which was lying there and placed it in the basket. And when it was about halfway up, his false brothers above cut the rope so that the basket with the stone fell to the ground. And they thought that he was dead and ran away with the three princesses, making them promise to tell their father that it was they who had delivered them. And then they went to the king and each demanded a princess in marriage. I know where this is going now. Those guys are assholes. In the meantime, the youngest hunter was wandering about the three chambers in great trouble, fully expecting to have to have to end his days there when he saw hanging on the wall a flute what the fuck then he said why do you hang there with no one (laughs) why do you hang there no one can be merry here i love that his first in i know it's a fairy tale but like why is it your first instinct when you see an inanimate object is to talk to it i guess he's been there probably alone for a while and just has gone crazy but uh he looked at the dragon's heads likewise and said you too cannot help me now he walked backwards and forwards forwards for such a long time that he made the surface of the ground quite smooth. But at last the but at last other thoughts came to his mind and he took the flute from the wall and played a few notes on it. And suddenly a number of gnomes appeared, and with each note and with every note that he sounded one more came. Then he played until the room was entirely filled. They all asked what he desired, and so he said he wished to get above ground back to daylight. which they seized him by every hair that grew on his head and thus they flew with him onto the earth again i'm sorry this just took a very magical turn of events where's this disney movie (laughs) i'll pitch it it'll be great uh when he was above ground he at once went to the king's palace just as the wedding of one princess was about to be celebrated and he went to the room where the king and his three daughters were when the princesses saw him they fainted At this, the king was angry and ordered him to be put in prison at once because he thought that he must have done some injury to the children. When the princesses came to themselves, however, they entreated the king to set him free again. The king asked why, and they said that they were not allowed to tell that, but their father said that they were to tell it to the stove. And he went out, listened at the door, and heard everything. Oh, good loophole. Oh, oh, I get it. I thought he was just being like... No, it's not like tell it to the bees. Like Tell it to the stove, and yeah, okay. Very smart, king. Except for cursing his daughters to live underground. I mean, I don't think he intended for them to... Him and his weird fuck... Maybe that's why he didn't want anyone to touch the apples. Anyway. uh, Then he sentenced the two brothers to be hanged on the gallows, and the third he gave his youngest daughter. And on that occasion, I wore a pair of glass shoes, and I struck them against a stone, and they said, clink, and were broken. What the fuck was that last sentence? (laughs) It just, like, broke the fourth wall there. Is it Deadpool right this? (laughs) Was the gnome the narrator the whole time? Was the gnome wearing glass slippers? Is Cinderella wrote this? Cinderella's not. Cinderella is not it. even a Grimm's character. They don't own the rights. They better be careful, or Disney will retroactively sue them. I also don't them. think Disney owns the rights They're to very Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you are are good little boys and girls, one day I'll read you the story of the Snow Queen. <gasps> The movie that inspired Frozen, and to my knowledge, is absolutely nothing like the movie Frozen. Like the movie Frozen. Um. Anyway, that's that's the story of the gnome. Um. It. it, There were a lot of twists and turns in there. It was a real M. Night Shyamalan of a that was (laughs) story. (laughs) You know, I wasn't on board until like gnomes just started appearing everywhere. But that, that that got me. I mean, at first she thought it was going to be a, ten. Out of thought 10. it was going to be about the princesses. Maybe mm-hmm. they went on an underground adventure and met some gnomes, and then they introduced some hunters to it. And then there was that. And then glass slippers. Well, anyway, that has been this uh, episode of Emily's Fairy Tale Theater. Very magical. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>